Hey, good morning, church family, and welcome back home to BUMC Online, the online campus right here at Broadway. We're excited to see what God is going to do this morning through our worship. It's going to be a great morning as Pastor Laura continues our message series, All Things New. Now, make sure you've got your candle, a way to light it. We're going to get to that in just a few minutes. We want you to know that if you've got any prayer requests or celebrations in your life, we would love to get the honor of praying for you and with you. If you've made a decision to follow Christ and to come for baptism, or you would like to take the next step into membership, you can let us know at broadwayunited.org forward slash share. You can do that on our app, or if you're with us online at bumconline.org this morning, you can click on the communication sheet button that's at the top of the page. If you need pastoral care, please call 843-3942, dial extension 1110, and you'll get connected to a pastor. Now, for those of you with students, we want you to know our student ministry continues each week. Youth group will happen tonight at its regular time, 4 p.m. via Zoom. Check your email for more details. Now, grab your morning beverage of choice, and let's worship together. In his book, In the Shelter, Padraig Otuma says, If you can find the courage to name here, especially in the place where you do not wish to be, it can help you be there. Everybody will pass by many locations in their life. The pain is only deepened when the location is resented, or even worse, unnamed. Hello to here. In March, we said hello to the coronavirus, not yet cognizant of how it would affect our lives. We began to worship from our living rooms or cars. We formed small groups with Zoom, and we created new opportunities to gather online. Hello to virtual connections. These are hard times. We have canceled plans, graduations, and gatherings. Parents are stretched thin by schooling kids and working, Kids are stretched thin by their parents schooling and working. Seniors are especially vulnerable and lonely. Too many have lost their opportunity to work. We are worried about what the future holds. Hello to grief, hello to uncertainty. Nevertheless, we are learning what it means to be the church together even while we are apart. We are finding new ways to connect and to lean into our love for one another. We are standing with our nurses, doctors, grocery store workers, and many others by cheering them on. Hello to everyday heroes. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. We face so many unknowns right now. We want to know the future, and to have assurances that no one can give. But in the absence of certainty, we find faith, and we can believe that even in these moments, when we can't see one another face to face, we are unified in our shared community, our shared mission, and our shared life together. You are not alone. I am not alone. We belong to each other, and we will continue to believe by faith that God is working even in this hard moment. Hello to faith. We will make it through this, and we will make it through this together. We begin with the doxology.
it's true. We are not alone. God is with us. And we are in this together. And the church is discovering new ways to courageously and compassionately be the church. God's mercies are new each day. Christ is making all things new. And the same spirit that hovered over the chaos of creation is hovering over our chaos with the same creative potential. Hello to creativity. Hello to renewed faith. Hello to being surprised by hope. And so I invite you to join me in lighting your Christ candle as a symbol of the creative possibility of Christ among us. And I invite you to join me as we join our voices in the call to worship on the screen. I'll lead us and you'll respond in the sections that are underlined. By the tender mercies of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. We can come this morning in the hope of resurrection, convinced that nothing in life or in death can separate us from your love in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We offer ourselves now in worship, trusting that even now and in every way, you are making all things new. Amen. Good morning, welcome Broadway friends. Welcome wherever you are, in your living room, in your kitchen, maybe in a car, in a parking lot, watching this, wherever you may be, welcome. Let's sing together. Oh, heal the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the Chosen, chosen seed of 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Children, I want to invite you to tune in here. Um, watch your screen as uh, Pastor Jason shares with us a children's moment. This is for you, kiddos. So take it away, Jason. The church is the building we go to when we want to learn about God. Nope, this is a church. Those are people. Yep, in fact, it's you and me. You kind of lost me. The church isn't a building. The church is the people who have made Jesus the leader of their lives. And that's us. We don't go to church. We are the church. And we exist for the world. Oh, okay. I still don't get it. Let's look in the book of Acts. That's where the Bible talks about the very first church, the people who first believed in Jesus. They didn't have buildings to meet in, so they met where they could, usually in people's homes. So their church was a house? Nope, the church met in houses. Even then, the church was the people. And the apostles taught them many things about God. They did great and wonderful things with God's power. God did amazing things through everyone in the church. Through all the people? How? The people of early church put others first. They prayed together, they shared meals, they shared their time, they shared everything. Everything? Really? Are you sure? Sure, I'm sure. The Bible tells us that when one of them needed something, others shared what they had. They even sold things and used the money to help out. That's amazing. That's putting others first. The early church was really good at it. For instance, this one guy, Joseph, sold a field and brought the money to the people of the church to help those who needed it. Awesome. What made them do that? They all agreed. They all wanted to live like Jesus, and the apostles told them how Jesus put others first when he died on the cross and went up to heaven. The early church learned about Jesus and lived like him, so they put others first. I think I get it. Great. But you haven't heard the best part. When others saw how those first church people lived, it made them want to follow Jesus too. In fact, more people decided to follow Jesus every single day. Wow, God did do amazing things through the first church people. And God still does amazing things through his people when they live like Jesus and put others first. Right, because we are the church. And we exist for the world. Scripture reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Again, we look at the example of the new church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. As we continue our sermon series, All Things New Today, we're going to be returning once again to Acts chapter two. Why? Because this first Christian community has so much to teach us about what it looks like to faithfully follow Jesus in the midst of hard and uncertain times. 
as we explore this scripture together today, my prayer is that you would have a sense that God is at work encouraging, equipping, and empowering you to face the uncertain and hard times that we find ourselves in today. Now, some of you might be aware of a musician named Keith Jarrett. He plays the piano, both jazz and classical, and he's had a very successful career from the 1970s on. Back in 1975, he was set to play at an opera house in Germany. And as he arrived there and he began to look around and check the place out, he became aware pretty quickly that there was a big problem. He could tell just by looking at the piano that he was supposed to play later that night that it was not in great shape. And then as he walked over and he started to play it a little bit, he, he quickly became aware that, that it did not sound great either. The white keys were out of tune. The black keys were sticking. The pedals were not working properly. And then the upper register had this, this harsh and tinny sound from where all the felt had worn away. As if all of that were not already enough, there was another problem. This piano that he was supposed to play was far too small. There was no way that it could produce the volume of sound that was needed to fill up that space that was supposed to fill uh, 1,400 people later that day. And so naturally he, he became a little frustrated. And eventually he went over and he told his producer, he says, listen, if they cannot get me another piano, then I cannot play. It was a big old mess. And so he went to leave. He goes out to his car, but the, the promoter for the event, she chased him down that day. She was a 17-year-old young girl who had worked so hard to get him there and who had worked even harder to, to sell all the tickets to fill the place. She was really hoping that this would be her big break. And so she stood outside his car in the rain, begging him to play but assuring him that unfortunately there was no other piano that she could get for him. Eventually, he had mercy on her and he decided he would play. So later that night, as he sat down at that mess of a piano that he had declared just hours earlier to be unplayable, this is what he played. agree that it sounded beautiful. He avoided that upper register and then he started playing these repetitive riffs in the bass and he stood up to play, twisting his body and pounding down on the keys to compensate for the piano's quietness. In short, he got creative and this mess became a masterpiece. Still today, all these years later, that performance on that night and at that piano is the best-selling piano album in all of history. And it's also the best-selling solo jazz album ever. The mess became a masterpiece indeed. And as I heard that story recently, it, it made me start thinking, you know what? That is what our God does. 
He takes messes and transforms them into masterpieces all the time. In fact, it's the very thing that he has been doing from the very beginning of time. In the beginning, Genesis 1 tells us the earth, it was void and formless and it had darkness over the deep. Let me translate that for you. It means that our earth was in chaos. It was a mess. But what did God do? He sent his spirit to hover over the waters and he began to create. He started to make, make light and then land and then life of all kinds. He began to take this mess and make it a masterpiece in his creative hands. And then from there, his creativity has just continued on across time. As we open up scripture, we can see how over and over and over again, our God takes a mess and transforms it into a masterpiece, taking a couple that was brokenhearted by barrenness and transforming them into the parents of a great nation that would bless all of the other nations of the earth taking a dejected and enslaved people and transforming them into a priesthood of royal people by taking a stuttering and exiled murderer and transforming him into a liberation leader, taking a, a widow who is a despised foreigner and transforming her into the grandmother of Israel's greatest and most beloved king until finally he took the death of his own son crucified like a common criminal and transformed it into the decisive defeat of sin and death forevermore through resurrection. Our God takes messes and transforms them into masterpieces. It is what he has always done and it is what he will continue to do until there are no more messes to be undone. I don't know about you, but that gives me great hope in this present moment, in the midst of this mess that we find ourselves in, in this pandemic. Following the death and the resurrection of Jesus, his followers found themselves in, in a pretty big mess themselves. Their leader has just been put to death for what he was teaching and what he was doing. And so that meant that they were at risk as well. On top of that, their leader is no longer with them. Yes, he was resurrected from the dead, but now he's ascended into heaven. And so where are they supposed to go from here? What should they do next? Should they just keep hiding? Should they just give up and try to go back to their lives like they were before him? They're scared. They were overwhelmed by the massiveness of this mess. And so they had huddled together in one place when suddenly God showed up to create his next great masterpiece, the church. The same spirit that had hovered over the waters at the beginning of the world now came down and began to hover over the hearts of his followers. And as it hovered there, they had this call from God, this invitation to join him and being a part of this new thing he was going to do. How, they had this sense that he was calling them, his creation, to be his co-creators, 
in the world. Acts 2 tells us that they immediately respond to this, that they burst out of their hiding and they start getting creative with God. They start breaking bread together every day. And of course, all of us have to eat, right? But this is talking about a little bit different of a meal. They're not just eating and fellowshipping with each other. They're, they're giving it this new twist. They're also taking the bread and, and breaking it and drinking of the cup just as Jesus did on the night that he gave himself up for them. They kept on going to the temple just, just like good Jews were supposed to, but they also started going a step further, congregating together for prayer by themselves and, and still praying the same prayers that, that they had been taught across their life, but, but adjusting them to put Jesus at the center of them. They stood in awe of, of all of the wonders that God was doing in them and among them, no longer afraid that other people might point them out and that they might be at risk. And, and they decided that, that people were more valuable than possessions, selling off their property if they needed to, holding all their, their, their possessions in common and giving to people if they had need. It was a way of being in a community that wasn't necessarily popular or, or widely practiced at that time. But these followers of Jesus, they, they became co-creators with their creator as he was beginning to transform this mess into a masterpiece. This masterpiece that would become a powerful witness to our world. And the impact that they created together has continued to ripple out across time and it sparked even more creativity as it has spread out for example the early followers of jesus they began to express their love and their adoration for jesus by creating art these are, are some pictures of the earliest pieces that we have on record but from there Jesus and his followers, they would become the most frequent subjects of art in all of history. Furthermore, the early church started to write songs and hymns about Jesus. The very earliest one that we know of is preserved for us in Philippians chapter 2. And if you think across time since then, can, can you imagine the number of songs and the number of hymns that have been written with Jesus at the center of them? It, it would be absolutely impossible to count or to quantify them. And then on top of that, the early church, they, they started to expand this compassion that they had for one another to others, eventually rescuing babies off of dump heaps and starting orphanages. They, they started to minister to, to lepers, to the sick and to the disabled and, and to start hospitals. They, they started promoting universal education, which, which led them to start libraries and universities. The creativity of the early church all the way back then has undoubtedly left a massive mark on our world today. As they, ordinary people, empowered by the Holy Spirit, co-created with God. They got to experience the joy of what God was up to in that moment, taking this mess and transforming it into a masterpiece, a sight to behold. But let me ask you a question today. What if they would have said no? 
What if they had resisted this, this new thing that God was wanting to do in them and through them because, well, no one's ever done it this way before. Because, well, nobody else is doing this. Because, well, this, this doesn't really line up with the ideal picture that I've had in my head. What if they had let fear, fueled by comparison, stop them? It's pretty easy for that to happen for us as, as, as human beings, right? We want to fit in and be accepted. We, we might want to be the best in a group of similar things, but not, not too good because we don't want to stand out. We don't want to be labeled as odd or other or outside. And so what do we do? Well, driven by fear, we expend enormous amounts of energy trying to compare and to conform, trying to stay within the nice and neat boundaries of what is deemed normal and typical and usual. I remember one of the very first times that I noticed this happening in my life was in high school. I uh, was a basketball player, and uh, one of my very favorite players was, was a lady named Cheryl Swoops. She was pretty awesome. So awesome, in fact, that Nike decided to design a pair of shoes um, in her name. And so I saw these shoes, and I had to have them. They were the only thing I talked about to my parents that year, that I, that I wanted to be there underneath the Christmas tree. But they're a little different. I have a picture for, for you of them today. You know, the, the laces did not go up the middle. They went up the sides instead, and they weren't really high tops, and they weren't really low tops. They were something in the middle. But again, you know, I had to have them. And my parents, they, they eventually took my not-so-subtle hints, and when I woke up on Christmas morning, I found those shoes underneath the tree, and I was so excited. However, as I took them out of the box and I put them on my feet and I looked down for the very first time, I, I, I had this wave of fear come over me. You know, I looked at them and I thought, I've never worn shoes like these before. I realized no one else is wearing them. And I started to kind of try to match them up with the picture of the person that I thought that everyone expected me to be. And, and it didn't really match up. And so suddenly, as I looked down at these shoes that I had literally begged for for months, I didn't want to wear them anymore. I didn't want anyone to notice them. Or worse yet, notice me. I didn't want to, to stand out or be talked about. In a matter of seconds, comparison had done the very thing that it is best at. It had stolen my joy and pressured me to conform. That's just this, this tiny little example of what plays out so often on a much grander and more consequential scale. Comparison keeps us so caught up in, in looking back at our past. It keeps us so caught up in looking around at our peers. It keeps us so caught up in looking down at a picture of perfection that we have preconceived that we miss out on what God is doing right before our eyes. And so when God shows up, even in the messes of our lives, when he shows up wanting to transform them, when he shows up inviting us to something new and different, when he shows up calling us to co-create with him, so often how we respond is this. We do a little comparison check. And then we tell God, 
you know what, God? I think I'm okay. I think I'll just stay right here. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'll be all right. Because many times we would much rather fit in and stay in line than to be vulnerable enough to stand out. Comparison, it holds us captive and it robs us of the joy that comes from getting creative with God. It causes us to settle for the mess when all the while God is wanting to create a masterpiece with us. We don't have to go much further in the book of Acts to see that the early church would wrestle with this, that they faced the same temptation of comparison. At times they would find themselves looking back at their Jewish past, looking around at their peers and and kind of looking at the picture of perfection that they thought things would be like as they followed Christ. They would find themselves struggling with who was out and who was in in this new community that was forming. They would find themselves wrestling with, you know, what should we eat and what should we not? They found themselves wrestling with what traditions to bring forward with them and what traditions to just leave behind. However, the more they they leaned in and embraced this new thing that God was doing among them, the more courageous and creative that they got, the more joy they discovered with God. Because here's the thing, being a part of creating the masterpiece brings meaning to the messes of our lives. I have no doubt that in the midst of this current moment, our God is at work doing what he always does. He is at work taking messes and transforming them into masterpieces masterpieces everywhere. And I, I can't help but to believe that right now in this moment, he is also calling us to be his co-creators the same spirit that came down and hovered over the waters at the beginning of time, the same spirit that came down and hovered over the hearts of those first followers of Jesus, that very same spirit has come down and it hovers now over our hearts, empowering and equipping and emboldening us to join God in the new things that he is up to in this moment. And I have to tell you, I have been so encouraged by the ways that I've seen so many of you already saying yes to this invitation from God. Instead of staying stuck in the trap of comparison, I have seen so many of you be brave and and break out in beautiful ways. For example, I've seen so many of you trying out new ways to stay connected, from utilizing technology to participating in way parades, from delivering Easter eggs to students to writing messages with sidewalk chalk. Instead of, of looking to the past and saying, we've never done it like that. I've been so encouraged by the ways that I have witnessed you creating beautiful art and then being vulnerable enough to share it with the world so that they can be blessed and have their lives brightened by it instead of of staying paralyzed by what your peers might think about what you've created. I've been so moved and encouraged by the ways that I have watched you figure out these new ways to love others by and despite needing to keep at a distance instead of just giving up because it it doesn't look like the perfect picture that you've always imagined it. Is it still messy right now? Yes, it is. But our God is inviting us 
to discover joy and meaning in the midst of this mess by co-creating a masterpiece with him. Our lives, our church, our community, it is not going to look the same on the other side of this. And I know that that is scary and frustrating to us. Kind of like sitting down at a piano and starting to play and the parts not working and sounding right. Comparison, it would tell us that we should be afraid and that we should just stick with familiar things. But our God is calling out to us and saying, let's get creative together. There is still beauty to be made. As we offer ourselves back to God to be a part of creating his masterpiece in the world today, let me invite you to pray with me. As I pray, each time I say, Lord, in your mercy, if you would respond with, hear our prayer, let us pray. Creator God, we come before you in awe of your goodness. You handcrafted us from the dust and bring beauty from ashes. You pierce the darkness with light, mend brokenness with mercy, and overcome hate with love. There is nothing and no one you cannot redeem and restore, making them good as new once more. In the face of fear and frustration, help us to place ourselves in your creative hands and trust that you are indeed at work. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creator God, open our eyes to see the way you are at work, creating masterpieces from messes among us. In this time when so many of us are stressed and scared, when so many of us are out of rhythm and out of work, when so many of us had ha have had our lives turned upside down, Help us to not get stuck comparing to the past or to our peers or to some picture of perfection, but to instead be open to the new thing that you are holding out to us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creator God, empower us by your spirit to be your co-creators that we might not just find meaning and hope for ourselves, but that we might be a part of extending that meaning and hope to others. May our world be a more compassionate, loving, and peaceful place. Because in the middle of this mess, in this moment, we said yes to the masterpiece that you are making. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen. And so we continue to sing and we look to God's love now.
worship you.
Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. trusting that you will make a way and that that way is good and God we are trusting that in this mess and we say that and I've, and I've said that that life this is life this is it's messy it is messy but you will make a masterpiece out of the mess God and we lean into that mess and we trust in this mess God and we trust your way trust your way greatly. Amen. So, so grateful that you would join in today with us all. We could be together digitally. Um, we are still together regardless. And so I want to invite you um, uh, after we give uh, a video of what's coming up, some next steps, some details, some things that are happening. Uh, we, I want you to stick around after that. 
and and watch the uh, Healthy at Home, what we're calling the Healthy at Home video. So I'll send you all. Have a great, great day, but stick around. As we close today, I want to share with you an important way that you can serve those who are in the hospital with COVID-19. We know there are folks that are not only sick, but also isolated and in a strange environment. As you can imagine, it can be lonely and scary. And they need all the encouragement that we can give. They need reminders that they are loved and prayed for and that they are not forgotten. And so we're asking you to buy or make cards, maybe write out a prayer. The kids can make a picture or write a, an encouraging message, a message of hope. We have coloring sheets so that you can download or you can uh, just make your own. And we'll collect these together and distribute them at both hospitals. And if we have enough to long-term uh, care facilities. And you can drop those off this Tuesday, May 19th, at either of our campuses. And we'll have a bin under the awnings for you to drop them. And uh, it will be a contactless drop-off. Our goal is to make this a monthly thing. So mark your calendars for the 19th of each month and be watching for more details. You can find out more information by going to our website, www.broadwayunited.org forward slash be brave. I also want to thank you for the ways that you give to Broadway's mission. And that mission is as important now as it ever has been. You can make your gift to, uh, to our ministry. Uh, you can use our online platform and uh, use the button at the top of the screen. You can give through our app. And if you don't have Broadway's app, you can text the letters BUMC app to 77977. You can give through our website, broadwayunited.org forward slash give, or you can mail in a check. I, like you, am eager for the day when we will physically be together again. Our leaders have been paying close attention and we're planning and praying. We have pages of new regulations to consider and we're going to watch to see how the reopening in the wider society goes as we make a decision on when we will begin to reopen our doors. We'll update you on how we'll be doing that in the days ahead. Until then, let's stay together. In all the other ways that are possible, in our prayers for one another, as we check in on one another, and as we find creative ways to be the church. You can sign up for Broadway's virtual VBS, June 15th through 17th at broadwayunited.org forward slash VBS. And most of all, let's love our neighbors this week, which right now means staying home, wearing masks in public, washing our hands, supporting local businesses, praying for the sick, and trusting that God is doing a new thing for those of us who have eyes to see. In the midst of all these hard things, God is doing a new thing. And now may the Spirit send us out with resurrection power as we join in these words on the screen, uniting our voices and our hearts together. As Christ bursts forth from the tomb, may new life burst forth from us and show itself in acts of love and healing to a hurting world. And may the same Christ, who is the source of our new life, keep our hearts rejoicing 
and grant us peace this day and always. Amen. You got a friend in me. Uh, you've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your old pal said. Yeah, you've got a friend in me. Baby, you've got a friend in me. You got a pal in me And you've got a friend in me You got your troubles Well, I got them too There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you We stick together and see it through Cause you've got a friend in me Darling, you've got a friend It's ever gonna love you the way I do Oh, it's me and you lose And as the years go by Our friendship will never die You're gonna see it's a destiny Cause you've got a friend in me My baby, you've got a friend It's me and you And as the years go by Our love will never die You're gonna see It's our destiny You got friends Bingo was his name, oh.